0: This season of Well and Good with Art and Matilda is brought to you by Subaru. We love Subarus, and we think they're the perfect car for Kiwis.
1: Indeed they are Art, because Kiwis are doers, right? And so are Subaru drivers. We're the kind of people who are always pushing to sneak that little bit more out of life. We stay out surfing for that one last wave, we sneak in a trip down to the river for a swim, and we stay at the beach eating our fish and chumps until the very last speck of light is gone. So if you want to do more, do it with Subaru. So for those of you who don't know who Jess Quinn is, you absolutely should. She's such a legend. We really enjoyed this chat, eh? I, I yeah. thought she she was just a little ray of sunshine.
0: Yep, lit up the studio.
1: She really did. And she's just one of those people that just tries to do good in everything she does which I really like she's a big fan of helping people overcome adversity and insecurity using her own experiences I mean she was diagnosed with cancer at nine years old and had her leg amputated that can't be easy
0: no no she's really motivational and quite inspirational Mm. Uh, we had a really good chat we covered so many different topics we hope you're gonna like it so here we go
1: So today on the podcast, we have... My friend Jess Quinn. I, I feel like we can. We're call
0: friends. Each other friends. We're totally
2: yeah. friends. Okay. Friends? I think mean, long distance <laughs> friends now that you live out of Auckland, but we're friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or oh, are we friends? We're friends too. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Jess, people will definitely know who you are. But should we start with a bit of a backstory? Mm-hmm. You lost your leg to cancer at nine years old, mm-hmm. was it? Yeah, nine. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk to us a little bit about that yeah, and totally. what that was
2: like? I can imagine it would be horrific. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was nine. um, I was outside playing with my sister. I broke my leg and got rushed to hospital. They put rods up my leg trying to fix the break. It was my femur bone, so the strongest bone in your body oh, yeah. shouldn't really break when you're playing soccer. And oh, yeah. So, That's yeah, bizarre. Kind of alarming. Um, but at the time, it was just a fractured femur, so they tried to fix that. We spent about four months kind of in plaster and then doing rehab, and I was a really athletic kid, so all I wanted to do was get back to doing cross-country and rough and tumbling around outside with my friends and all that kind of stuff. And so a fractured femur seemed like the end of the world at the time, but in hindsight, it was nothing and then it wasn't healing so the doctors decided to do a series of tests and then they found an osteosarcoma which is a bone cancer and so that had kind of riddled my femur bone um, which is what had caused it to break in the first place they just hadn't realized that it was quite far along by that point it had been I guess four months longer than it already needed to be and also I don't know how long it had been living in there so it was quite aggressive so I was rushed quite Quickly into chemotherapy, um, so that was about July by that point, and then I battled. I had chemotherapy for the next six months, I would say, um, and things happened pretty quickly. I went from being a pretty normal kid to one who weighed 18 kilos and had a feeding tube in my nose, pretty much keeping me alive. Um, oh my no hair, it was just, yeah, it was pretty horrific. And I can't remember my chemo cycle, Chemo was a bit weird, but I was pretty much in hospital for most of that time. You'd go home for a little bit to recoup your immune system for a week or two, and then back in for more and they just monitor you. And then eventually my leg was amputated in October. I actually, up until last week, thought that that was kind of something that they were like, oh, chemo's not working, we need to amputate your leg. But my dad actually said that was something they were going to have to do all along. They just wanted to try shrink it as much as they could with the chemo. Right. So yeah, I had my leg amputated. I was the first in New Zealand to undergo a 14-hour surgery. That it's very rare. I think there's nine of us now. But because of the way my cancer was, it was kind of the only surgery that would give me the mobility that I now have. If I hadn't had that, it would have been a full amputation into my hip socket. So that just kind of gives you no, like it's hard to work with a prosthetic with that kind of amputation. Mm. So It was unusual because it was a very weird surgery to wrap your head around. It would take me the whole podcast to explain it, so I won't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a very unusual surgery. So that in itself was quite strange because my whole life I've kind of been a guinea pig for it almost. And then, yeah, it was really successful. Four hours after surgery, I managed to kind of move what had been amputated, which blows my mind that your brain can just go through that, connect everything together and then be like, yep, let's kind of do this. It's Um, incredible that you can get your leg literally cut off
1: and then you just you <laughs> Survive
2: and you just yeah. sew it back up. And you're sweet. I mean, I, I was in ICU for about three weeks, but I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> fine. Maybe going
0: on about it, like, yeah, it's easy. Like, everyone should do it. No,
2: but I mean, fine is a strong word. I know but what you mean, survive though. something right. like that, it's incredible. I know, it's mind-blowing. And then I spent a large amount of time um, just basically healing the amputation. So we kind of forgot about the cancer for a little bit, and then I was back in for more chemotherapy, which is horrible, because you kind of are like, well, the cancer's gone, isn't it? Why have you? Got-? And chemo's mm. the hard part, really it really hits you and that was the lowest point of my journey so I think that was about Christmas um, 2001 so December and I think because of my immune was so low from the surgery and I was so weak from all the chemo I'd had hitting me with another round of chemo literally nearly killed me so I was rushed to hospital on Christmas day actually and they didn't think I would come out but eventually I bounced back which is great and then I got my leaving hospital party and yeah. got me a new leg and the hard battle actually began now because I had to learn how to use the leg but yeah that's kind of the main story really um, and then yeah my life since has just been learning how to live with it I'm nearly 20 years on so I've lived nearly double my life with no leg than I ever did with too, which is quite mind-blowing. It was quite fascinating. I remember getting my first prosthetic and i just had my 10th birthday and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. A family friend got me like an anklet for my new leg and it was just so cool. And I went to I think my grandma had booked me tickets to some show that night. So we went out and I was still on crutches and I remember thinking like I've got this new leg, like sweet, I'll be back playing all the sports that I was really good at before. I was really athletic, but it was more like I had this leg and now I need to learn how to use it and to do all the things that I once knew how to do. So that was quite a um, confronting process but I'm I always say that I'm so thankful that it happened when I was so young like I couldn't imagine now going through that and then adapting to everything you know learning how to drive learning everything that I now know I was so young that I almost didn't know enough and you're so resilient as a kid it's insane and I mentor a lot of kids and that's what you hear from all the nurses all the mothers they're like we just can't believe how like positive and resilient they are and you just have that in you as a kid I think because you're kind of naive as well you don't know the implications of what this yeah. kind of thing is going to have on your future so you just get up and get on And with your it. life
1: is just kind of your life right now right yeah.
2: it's you you just kind of deal with what you've got as
1: totally. a kid. You're not really thinking about the future. Whereas I think as an adult, that's all you think yeah. about is mm, the future.
2: You know? f- hundred yeah. percent. I feel
0: like there are kind of similarities between a small child going through something like that and a, a dog. Yeah. You know, like when yeah. a dog loses its leg and then in like, you know, a few days later, it's just running around like that's Doing just its normal. Thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally. That's mm-hmm. so true because I don't think they overthink like we do as adults. And yeah, as you say, you don't kind of live in fear. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fascinating. But it meant that I hit a really big low as I was kind of getting into my teens so probably around the age of 13 I really struggled I think partly with body image because my leg was really weird the surgery I had so unusual looking so I was struggling to wrap my head around that and I think I was coming to terms with the implications of what that was all going to have on my future so I really struggled for a couple of years around that time and I think also learning I can't actually do all the things that I want to be able to do I can't run like I used to and all of that kind of stuff so that was a really tough time for me and then I don't remember how I got out of it but I just kind of rode rode the wave rode the wave ride the way. It's kind of weird coming out of my mouth. For it a works. It works. <laughs> um, it just kind of because people are like, "Oh, how do you get out of your dark times?" And I, I think often, you know, I get messages from people being like, "I just lost my leg six months ago," or sometimes like three weeks ago, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And they're like, "When do I get a blade? How do I do this?" Because you just kind of have that attitude. But I'm like, I want people to understand that I'm 20 years down the track, you know. So it's so important for us to remember that just in life in general to not compare our kind of journeys to other people's journeys because we're all at different starting points. So. um yeah, that's something that I think is really important. It was a tough time that time, but I eventually got myself out of it, and I think it was just a part of my journey that I had to go through and had to battle through a little bit. And then I remember thinking, cancer's taken so much from me, I don't want to take want it to take any more from me, So, including my happiness. So I just decided to kind of fake a smile and get on with it, and then eventually the smile kind of stuck, and I was like, this life's kind of cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's my journey in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> it's almost kind of lucky that you broke that leg. Yeah. Right? Do you ever think...
2: What could have happened if you weren't playing soccer, or 100%. That, that femur didn't break? You know? Yeah, I get asked that a lot. Part of it, you can look at it. It's kind of unlucky that I lost my yeah. leg because it kind of led to the surgery that I had. I may have had a bone replacement had it not been the break. But had it not been for the break, if I still could have cancer in my lemon, I mean, That would be dramatic. But I probably would have yeah. could have been five, ten years That's till I found cancer. Yeah. You know, you just don't know. So yeah. definitely, I've. I grew up being told or hearing, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I spent that low point in my life being like, okay, seriously, what's the possible reason for me losing my leg or for me breaking it and all that kind of stuff? But it's so true that everything does happen for a reason. And I so live by that now.
1: Have you done any kind of research into, and I don't think there's an answer, but I'm just going to ask it anyway, like any research into why you got that cancer? Like, does anything cause it or it's just literally it
2: could happen? Yeah, it's it's crazy it's something that I haven't gotten too deep into because there's no right there's I know one has an answer so a lot of the yeah. stuff that you read is kind of guesstimates and it's something that does intrigue me because I you know people are like don't do this because it causes cancer and don't do this because it causes cancer and I'm like I could not have avoided that at the age of nine you know so yeah. I think there's some cancers that are from lifestyle um and environment and then I think there's some cancers that are just pure shitty luck but I do I mean I'm really passionate about all this, not just cancer, but in terms of how the body works and all that kind of, I just find it so fascinating. Yeah. And there's there's a small theory that, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm a doctor, I know literally nothing, but I got really sick when I was one I think I got very very ill I had a horrific virus lost all my hair they thought I had alopecia then I got cancer quite a while later and I almost wonder if there was like some weird autoimmune thing going on there and yeah. it triggered because we've all got cancer cells in us it just takes something for them to spark up right so oh. I, I almost wonder if that but don't quote me on that because I don't yeah, know nothing it's but it's like
1: just maybe your immune system yeah. got so bashed and like because you're so young it, it, at that point didn't have a chance to rebuild. totally or my someone, other theory oh, no. is that I
2: killed someone in a past life and <laughs> I, I, or I chopped someone else's leg off you know you're just just really you just don't know these things yeah, yeah they, they're just like I'm coming after this <laughs> girl and then I'm like well shame I'm going to make this a good thing <laughs> yeah exactly
0: and then I'll kill someone in this life <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's just keep this going <laughs> so yeah I honestly have no idea but there's so many theories out there and it is fascinating to kind of yeah. look into because mm. I mean I was in hospital this is really sad but I was in hospital with a whole lot of people obviously but I remember one boy was, I think, six months old when he passed away. So he had never left the hospital oh when he was God. born with cancer. And that's just, you know, you're like, hell? That's just horrific. Yeah. And yeah. Why, but how? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah, it's super fascinating. Well, it's not fascinating, it's heartbreaking, but it is yeah. interesting to kind of try to figure it out. There, there just
1: doesn't really seem to be any rhyme or reason to it, does no. there? No. No. Yeah.
0: So it's been almost two-thirds of your life now. Mm-hmm with only one leg, Mm -hmm. was there a time where it sort of changed for you mentally when you were just like, oh, yeah, this is me now. I only have one leg now. And you've stopped looking back at, like, the old you?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Like, I definitely cannot imagine my life without it. Um, Like, I have very little recollection of my life before it. Mm. Um, But that kind of happens a lot. It actually happened to me the other day. I think also because my prosthetics are lifelike and I live such a normal life, sometimes I take my leg off at night and I'm like, oh, other people don't do this. This is so weird. Like, like, I do my legs up the wall every night. It's like my calming thing. And I look up and I'm like, there's only one up there. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like anything. You forget that whatever you deal with, other people don't deal with that. It's not until I speak about it and people look at me and raise a little eyebrow that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, because it's just <laughs> so that's your normal. It's right? my normal, totally, which is cool. But, yeah, definitely through that teen time there was a... I remember having a really morbid thought, super morbid, but I was like, I am literally going to be buried with one leg, and I'm going to have kids with one leg, and I, it was those kind of like moments in my life that I was like, that's when I realised the implications that this was going to have on my future, and I was kind of like, oh wow, this is forever, because I think when you're a kid, you're kind of like, man, cool, I lost a leg, and then I'm yeah. like, oh well. wow, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is this is here to stay, you know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I definitely had those moments, but then throughout my life I guess there's been lots of little moments of those and yeah it would be so weird one day if I woke up with two legs like you know people it's like what I was saying before like people people be like oh it must be so hard like how do you get to the shower or how do you like I stand on one leg in the shower I shave my leg I wash my hair I just stand on one leg and I've got friends who have said to me they've once tried to stand on the one leg just to see what it would feel like and they fall over and they just cannot fathom how I can do that but we just I don't think we realize how quickly the human body can adapt and it's so amazing that it can and friends have said to me not in a mean way oh god if that had happened to me I don't think I would have been able to make it through and like I don't know how I would live my life with one leg it would be really hard and I'm like I just you would you do you know you just kind of just like anyone else has something going on you know
1: yeah well Um, you kind of have no choice you know you've I guess like a positive of it is that it has built you into this incredibly strong resilient person and and I kind of feel that people that have been through some form of adversity in their lives are always the best people. <laughs> you can tell that they've grown a lot from from something. and
0: Yeah, yeah they're inspiring.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. hey, no offence to people that haven't gone through <laughs> adversity.
0: No offence to the people with two legs who are
2: listening. <laughs> yeah. It is true, though. I mean, for me, I learnt how short life is before I knew really what life is, if mm. you know what I mean. So that kind of – that really wakes you up a little bit. And yeah. so I think – I've always had a different mindset because of that. And I think a lot of people who face adversity do, which is why I like doing what I do and through my speaking and stuff because, you know, I learned that we're all going to face adversity in our life in some shape or form. Adversity can be losing your dream job. And you know, it's all relative. Just, it's you know? all relative, totally. And, like, so through my speaking I like to teach people that, It's not the adversity itself that kind of changes our life path. It's how we respond to it. You know, I could have chosen to sit on the sidelines of my life, but I didn't. So I want to teach people these things so that they don't have to face the adversity to learn those lessons. Or when they face the adversity, they're well equipped.
1: So you sort of blew up on social media. There was a photo shoot Mm. that really did that. So Mm -hmm. when was that? And tell us about that whole So I think that's
2: nearly three years ago now, um, which is crazy. Um, So I was working full time. I'd been at uni. I studied fashion and I was working in product design. And then, so I got a running blade. I spent a large part of my life trying to get my abilities back, basically. And I got to the point where I could do everything that I wanted to be able to do. I was at the gym. I was doing all the things. I just couldn't run. So I got myself a running blade and was learning to run, which is a whole story in itself. Um... But so I had this running blade, and it's really unique looking. There's no way I can pretend I don't have a leg with that. You know, prosthetics, people think I have a knee bandage on. They don't think I have a prosthetic because they're so lifelike sometimes. But a running blade's like, okay, well, that shirt has got a spring for a foot. There's, you know, she got no leg. And I, I kind of liked that. It was a really confronting process for me to go through. I've gone through lots of waves in my life where I've had to really come into my own body and understand what I look like now and understand that I am different from other people. And then when I got that blade, it was like another wave of that. And I'd grown up always wanting to, I guess, help people. It always blew my mind that there was this one kind of cookie-cutter mould of perfection in magazines and people were painted in one specific light. And I always had this dream of this kid walking to school or flicking through an ASOS catalogue or a magazine and seeing someone like myself or someone different from what was currently being shown so that they could feel represented and maybe look at someone like myself and be like, oh, wow, she's different and so am I, and that's okay and that was something i really wanted to be involved in this was kind of before the body image stuff kind of has been quite loud in the last couple of years but this is kind of before that which was kind of of cool because there wasn't too much going around and I just thought there was a need for it and I decided to do a photo shoot my friend John Parker he's a photographer and we initially were like let's just do a fun photo shoot and Nike threw me some gear to wear for the photo shoot and my friend styled it and one part was to do a fun photo shoot the second part was that I wanted to get a modelling agency to try tackle one brand maybe someone would want to sign me to do a photo shoot and yeah, I did this shoot, and I had about um, maybe a 1,000 followers on Instagram, and I put the pictures up for my friends and family and cat to see, basically. Um, after about a week, one went completely viral. I think I got about 10,000 followers overnight, and then wow. about 70,000 within three three months, I think it was, yeah. and it just <laughs> kept going. And I was like, this is really weird. And I got in touch with a friend who was in social media, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was getting all these messages from like, people. I was doing all this um, media, like Huffington Post and all that kind of stuff, and then I was getting messages with brand collaborations and I was like, ah, this is so weird. And I was like, I had Seven Sharp calling my work where I was working. I was like, this is so strange. I did not know how to use Instagram. Like I posted pictures of my cats and my dogs. It was nothing fancy. Um, And then, yeah, I eventually left my job after about six months of trying to do both. I'd always known I wanted to do something with my story. I knew full time, I didn't know what that was, but I knew in my future, there'd be something related to my story. And then I saw this as an opportunity to, to do that um, so and then I was like oh, it'll slow down I'll have to get a job at some point and it kind of hasn't um, and it's just grown to so many different things I've been signed to a modeling agency in LA and then Dancing with the Stars happened and all this kind of stuff happened and I'm still sitting here being like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. And I've kind of found my niche in a few different ways, I guess. One angle is that more body image conversation and trying to change the way women are represented in the media and then the other parts more um, helping people overcome adversity and stuff like that.
1: I feel like the whole beauty industry is definitely making steps in Mm -hmm. the right direction. But I read an article a while ago saying that some brands have been in trouble, I guess, for photoshopping stretch marks onto their models. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So now we've, like, gone too far in this other direction where you're kind of messing with women that – Or already look a certain way, and you try and change them to be this other way, and it's like, why don't you just let women look how they look? I know, you know what I mean. If you want someone with stretch marks,
2: get someone with stretch marks. Totally, you know. Yeah, but they want this perfect body, but then a couple of stretch marks just tick the box of diversity, you know. And that's something that I'm trying to tackle because, and even for myself, being involved in campaigns, I don't. I mean, it's awesome to be involved in a campaign that's like body diversity, but I just want to be in a campaign like everyone else that's just just a normal campaign next to you, you know. No, just normal like we did the jockey stuff together Mm. like that was really cool because they were just having a whole lot of different people on the catwalk like that was awesome and i think that's what it's about and there there was actually a this was kind of before the body image conversation probably about two years ago but the paralympics i think it was like they they do campaigns and stuff they're advertising and they found abled body people for their campaigns and photoshopped disabilities onto them no they didn't what yeah It was so bad. It was quite a while ago. I need to find the article and I'm going to post it. Wait, wait, who did it? I don't know who did it, but I remember seeing the article and I was like, Wow How do so, these things Get through multiple layers Of people mm-hmm. approving them You know and that's what I mean exact, I said this this thing In some in an article In an interview the other day And they said the exact same thing They're like How do you sit in a meeting And be like um so It's because probably <laughs> Everyone was thinking The same thing But too scared to say it Yeah totally yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The crazy, idea
0: came from the boss
2: I know And then these shitty campaigns Get approved mm. Because so, everyone's
0: too scared So we're we talking about Like photoshopping On prosthetic legs yeah. And stuff oh,
2: wow. So it'll be like Someone would photoshop A prosthetic leg onto you Wow! I did a um a One of my first campaigns That was just me booked as a model which was really awesome was for a company called Athleta their um, sportswear brand in America and we shot in Sydney and there's these beautiful shots of me and some athletes and stuff running up and down Bondi Beach and really cool stuff and then I got tagged in this Facebook thread quite a while later and I and I realised I'd completely missed it it had been going for ages and there was just all these comments and people were convinced that they'd photoshopped a prosthetic on me and people were losing it they are like this isn't a real girl there's no way she could look like that and have one leg and blah 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 it was horrific and I just there like jaw drop being like oh my god and then i think i commented on one of the comments at the real bottom just with like the hand up emoji being like it's me yeah, and i can confirm <laughs> totally um, yeah. but they'd gone as far to call the customer service of this company to find out if i was a real human and Atleta had to comment and be like this is her profile she is a real human oh my goodness people just it's so fascinating and they're like no her leg looks warped it can't be real and i'm like well it's a blade it's kind of warped
1: <laughs> yeah
2: uh sorry <laughs> Wow,
1: that's really interesting. Mm. So I guess, um, did that kind of spur you onto doing the petition? For those of you that, that don't know, it was a petition to get brands – that they have to state with
2: they've retouched an image, is yeah, that correct? yeah. So all of this kind of stuff throughout my life has kind of I think led up to this point. But I did have an image of mine photoshopped last year, and that was kind of the the final straw for me. I was like, enough is enough, this is ridiculous.
0: Did so they photoshop a real like a no? They leg kept my leg. Team. They kept okay. a fake
2: leg, which is great. That would have been pretty obvious. would have been, been yeah. a And the article was me talking about having no legs. That would have people middle <laughs> <better, better pick. laughs> of <laughs> it was just some imagery touching around my body that was unnecessary. And yeah, it kind of got me on this rampage. And then I um, I did a TED Talk. And in my TED Talk, I said that I, my kind of thought-provoking idea, because you need one for a TED Talk apparently, is to, I wanted to, I guess, change this industry and have brands have to disclose if a model, their appearance has been changed. And it kind of turned into a petition. It all happened really quickly. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But yeah. it was really cool. The conversation is still going. And so if anyone wants to vote, vote <laughs> I'm back and dancing with.
0: The stars <laughs> <pod>. <laughs> three, three,
2: three. three. Um, if anyone wants to sign up, they're welcome. But um, for me, the petition was about starting a conversation, and it has kind of been that, which is awesome. Yeah, so I just kind of want to change the landscape around it, um, and whether it's a law that gets passed or a few other ideas that I have, I think the more people that we can kind of get on board to help create this change, and mm. yeah, I mean it should be a no-brainer. It's kind of crazy that we might need a law for something like this, but. I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I think we do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so, definitely. Well, as, especially if people are accusing you of, like, no, she definitely has two legs. It's like we don't know what to believe anymore totally. because every photo we see, like even on Instagram and social media, mm. it's like every photo is edited, filtered, yeah. and face tuned yeah. and yeah. all of this stuff. So we don't know what's real anymore. So we're, like, no. constantly... Questioning like, like questioning. every yeah. photo, yeah. yeah,
2: and that's so true. And people often ask me, they're like, "Oh, well, you're not going to be able to control social media," and I'm like, "I know, I'm not. I can't control if someone downloads a four-dollar mm-hmm. face tune app." But that what my kind of plan is: if I can tackle the big dogs and if. People like myself aren't looking up at billboards and trying to live up to something that they don't think they can because they're not seeing themselves represented. Then maybe they won't feel the need to filter their own photos. And I mean, change your lighting, throw on a filter if you want to look glossy. I don't care. But you know, changing the shape of your body or removing your stretch marks or whitening your teeth or whatever it is, like just, just be you. You know, yeah, it's, just give it a rest. Give it, a, give yeah. it a rest. It's exhausting. Yeah, um totally. And it's, it's not only harming everyone around you; it harms yourself if you look at your own social media and then you look in the mirror and you're a different person, that's kind of, you Surely. know, mm. it's not healthy, so um, yeah, and, and why are we so focused on how we look? Like, why don't we be focused on who we are as people? You know, if we spent the same amount of time that we do buying diet pills and beauty products and photoshopping our bodies on just actually loving who we are and being good people, then I think the world would be slightly better.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So just on your um, petition, Mm -hmm. you're saying how you got some some people kind of like picking it apart and being like, oh, you can't, you know, do social media though, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like I find it kind of amazing that people can – see that you're doing that petition and try and find something wrong with it I know. you know what I mean it's like you're trying to do a good thing you're trying to make a difference you're trying to help young women totally. well everyone like young men too Yeah. and people are still like oh well you won't be able to do this you know, yeah, like what, what about that I'm yeah. like, sit
2: down Sharon like, like oh my god and also Sharon
1: like what are you doing to help the situation totally, you know what I mean
2: totally like I'm not saving the world I'm not curing cancer but I'm just trying to do something little you know and it's, it's just mind blowing
1: Here's a quick message from our sponsor, Sabaru. Well, it's no secret that both you and I bloody love Sabaru. We both drive them.
0: Yep, that's no secret.
1: Well, I drive a Sabaru Forester and that one Car of the Year last year in 2018. It's a medium SUV, and you may ask, what does a medium SUV mean? Well, it means you get all the good stuff of an SUV, of like feeling you know, quite cool and high up in your big car, but it's a lot easier to to drive around the city, and it's a lot easier to park, which is a big one for me. I mean, I kind of need all the help I can get in that department.
0: Mm, Yes, I'd agree with that. Well, okay, I can understand why that one car of the year.
1: Mm. And it's super safe, it's comfortable, and it's full of tech. Some of that tech, exclusive to Subaru.
0: Wow. Like what?
1: Well, like the driver recognition system. So, for example, if you get in my car and drive it, which sometimes happens, and you change all the settings, you're putting the chair back, you're turning the mirrors, and then if I get back in the car, it's going to scan me, know who I am, and put all my settings back in place automatically.
0: That is quite cool tech. I
1: know. It's super epic. And what do you drive?
0: Outback. Thoughts? Savannah Outback. Love it. It's the people's car, the car of New Zealand. Why is that? Well, it does everything. You can you drive around the city, it's all-wheel drive, you can shoot up the mountain, it's got built-in roof racks, chucks and boards on the roof, head down for a surf, big enough space in the back, you can go on road trips. You can, I've slept in the back, it's that big.
1: Yeah, that is actually impressive because you're quite tall, aren't you? Mm,
0: correct. So go on, go check out one for yourself. Visit Subaru.co.nz to check out the Subaru range and find an SUV to suit your lifestyle. And unlike Auckland's house prices, they're totally affordable.
1: So your good leg, though, yes, it
2: was good, but, it was but good. now it's been having some problems. I am problems. quickly running out of good legs. In fact, oh, my good man. legs are hung up in my wardrobe. I don't hang them. They're thrown <laughs> on the floor. but <laughs> 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 like gun holsters or something. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, my good leg's not great. I spent three months dancing on live TV last last year, and it uh, wasn't great for my good leg. So did did that kind of? Spark I think it, it did. Think? Um, I would do dancing with stars all over again. So no no fault to them. But um, it works
0: if you're listening. Mediaworks right. if you're listening.
2: <laughs> um, but just yeah, it was. I mean, for me also, I've I've spent the last most of my life kind of overtraining my body. For me, training's about finding my abilities and doing things that I didn't think I could do and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I get quite, quite obsessed with it. And Dancing with the Stars was huge. I mean, we were training 10 hours a day um, for three months. It's hard enough for two legs. Totally, you know? totally. And that was Let kind of... All of that on one. Yeah, on the one on the one leg. I didn't get injured on my leg during the show. It was about two months after I found a... What did I... I oh, got put in the hospital. They thought I had blood clots, but it was actually a um, tendinopathy, like a torn tendon um, in my adductor, which is not ideal. Mm. But just because of my body and my good leg taking 70% of my weight I it just struggles to heal so I've had the injury it should have lasted six weeks and it's been about six months so I took a month of training and here we are six months later uh not training so it's frustrating and it, it gets to the point where I'm you know, you just want to get back to doing things, but I have to look after my good leg because I I need it. And then I've also got potential compartment syndrome in the bottom half of my leg. So it's just kind of the whole good leg's just not happy at the moment. But it's been really fascinating because over the last, you know, I I took a month off training and I was like, this is going to be the hardest month ever because I love moving my body. And then after I kind of got through that month, I kind of found other ways and other things that were more important. And I've learned a lot about mindfulness and other holistic kind of forms of healing. And I've gotten really into that. And I think it came at a point where the last two years have been crazy for me just kind of I guess coming up to pace with this life that I now have um, which is amazing but it's so full-on that you kind of have to have that kind of period of adjustment I'm sure you guys were the same and yeah, yeah it's been a really good time to actually find some slow in my life because I'm not someone if, if there's 20 opportunities I'll take them all I won't just pick one because right. I love being busy and I love being on the go and I love everything that I do so I guess I just it's been a really good time to find that slow in my life and find that balance between work and yeah my looking after my body and all that kind of stuff so yeah another blessing in disguise kind of like breaking my leg in the first place really it's Mm. yeah it's set me back when I'm starting to get ready to punch a box Because your body kind of tells you when you need to take a break, eh? It really does. It was fascinating. I told myself, I just got to the point, I had a lot of people, specialists telling me, you maybe should just slow down a little bit and your legs, oh no, that wasn't when my leg was bad, something else was going on. And then I quit training and I was like, "Hey, I'll give myself a month off. A week later I was in hospital with what they thought was a potential blood clot. And I was like, wow, you know, it's so weird that my body did that a month, a week after taking time off and it's, yeah, your body just knows when it's time to... Chill out a little bit. Mm. Yeah.
0: And you said you've been doing you sort of looked into an experience a bit of mindfulness and other techniques like that, that have been really good for your mental mm. health. What's how's that been going for you and talk yeah, us through that experience?
2: Good. I actually did a meditation class um in LA with Camilla, who's one of the judges on Dancing with the Stars, and she's an incredible meditation teacher. And she said something, I can't remember how it went, but it was, you don't go to meditation to get better at meditating. You go to meditation to get better at life. And that kind of put a lot in into perspective for me because I think sometimes meditation, people are, oh, but I'm not good at sitting still. I'm not good at being quiet. My mind won't quite, you know, they tell you to get rid of all your thoughts in your mind and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of stress yourself out trying to get good at meditating when it's not about that. It's actually just about being still for 10 minutes, 3 minutes even, you know. Um, so that was really, really cool for me because I was the same. I have I have a very busy mind with a zillion. Tabs open, so meditation was hard at first, but I did that. I just started with three minutes a day, and then eventually, and some days I mean, today I don't think I meditated, I might this afternoon maybe, but I don't put pressure on myself and be like, Oh, you gotta do it at seven o'clock every morning, mm. you know, because I think it's that's for me that's when it kind of becomes not enjoyable. Yeah. But I have found it as a tool in my life that's really helpful, and not even mindfulness in like a sit down meditation sense. I also have become more mindful in my life, trying to only do one task at a time, so if I'm I don't know, sitting down doing something I don't need to be texting and trying to write an email and write a book and, you know, all that kind of, you know, whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, really important, just trying to bring that mindfulness into my whole life, which has been really cool. For me, what two things that I've done is tried to, and it's not always perfect every day, but I try to have a morning and a night routine because my life is not scheduled at all. Then I know that I've got those two ends of the day that are in my control almost, and then anything can happen throughout the day, and I've had those two moments of slow. And I'm interested to see what happens when I start getting back into my training because I think this kind of mindfulness that I've taught myself will be really helpful with my training moving forward. Because I mean, training is kind of a mental game, really, right? Yeah. I've always been into holistic ways of, I guess, medicine and making your life better. So yeah, it's been fascinating. I did hypnotherapy last week, which I oh found yeah, fascinating. I saw that on, on Instagram. how did that? Yeah, go? Really good. It's something that I've looked at doing for a really long time, and for me. I've read a lot about kind of trauma getting kind of stuck in your body almost and it becomes like a subconscious thing that your body kind of reacts to almost and I think that's a lot of the case for me because I'm not someone who openly or emotionally um, consciously is affected by what I went through I feel like I really did deal with it but I think there's a lot of subconscious stuff so hypnotherapy is something that's really powerful and I've had chronic pain a lot throughout my life and they mm-hmm. say things like hypnotherapy can be really great for PTSD and chronic pain and all that kind of stuff so I dabbled in it and yeah it was fascinating I think I did like a 30 minute hypnotherapy the actual hypnotherapy session my body definitely released some emotions that was so out of my control like I lay there and about probably 10 minutes and I was just streaming with tears and like I can't even cry in movies like I my tear ducts are broken like I genuinely wow. cannot cry. and just like and I was conscious I didn't go into like this outer body experience it was kind of weird I was kind of in body outer body but I knew I was crying. but you just kind of like let it happen yeah and That's I felt amazing. it was like two weeks ago or a week ago and I feel I just feel really like huh, you know mm. lighter lighter and I yeah. think it's really important to be
1: open to things like that you can't be set in one mm. form of something I don't think anyway no. I think it's important that to uh, just experiment you know yeah. and see be open to different things and and try different things yeah and just see what kind of works for you even if you're meditating for like three minutes a day Mm -hmm. and you think you're doing a shitty job because you can't turn your brain off even doing that not being on your phone or just taking three minutes to
2: yourself it's mm-hmm. all beneficial and I think that's something I've learned throughout my life a lot is the power of the mind like a lot mm. of when I was sick it was my parents taught me a lot of positive thinking and all that kind of stuff and I've always kind of known it so I'm trying to re I make sure I bring that back into my life now with healing and me getting up every day and telling people my legs injured and really sore and it's horrible and blah blah, blah is not going to be helping you know if I can Get up! You don't want to be in denial, but just kind of put it in more of a positive light. I think it's really helpful. I've been looking into a guy. Is it Bruce Lipton? It's someone Lipton. I think it's Bruce Lipton, but he. Lipton Just like the tea, Um, (laughs) he does a whole lot on epigenetics. He's all into the the neuroscience behind our our thought process, and yeah, turning around. And I think it goes as well with back to the body image conversation. You know, if you you know you have those days and you're you're like oh I feel horrible and I feel really fat or whatever you might feel, and then you have a day like three days later and you feel amazing, Mm -hmm. but if you ask your friend, you've literally not changed size, or you can get your measurements done, you haven't changed size, but that's just your mindset towards how your body looks, you know? And I yeah. think that's so true with body images <laughs> if you're constantly telling yourself that, you know, if you're focusing on your insecurity or whatever it is, that, you know... It can consume you. It can, can totally consume you, so... And I read something recently that I, I can't remember how it was worded, but it was really fascinating that our bodies are constantly changing. They're going to change throughout our lives. Like when you get pregnant, right? Like your yeah. body's going to completely change. And oh, then yeah. when you, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You've been going through a bit of that. Oh, you? it's yeah.
2: a roller coaster. Yeah. So and I is. can imagine that. And, and even when you get older and, or you, I don't know, whatever, like dancing with the stars, my body changed. So I was doing a whole different type of motion and then it's changed again because I'm now injured and it's changing again and the future, mm. you know, but if you're hung up on constantly the way your body looks and trying to make it look a certain way. Way, then you're never going to be happy because it's always going to change once you reach your goal weight you then might get pregnant or whatever it is you know so if you're stuck in that kind of that that and mindset you you'll never so be so
1: much merit Worth, kind to of. just what your body looks like yeah. it's just one aspect of mm. you you know it's mm. really not a big deal but then it's this whole body positivity thing it's like i see women on instagram if they've just had a baby and they're like cool i'm gonna try and lose the totally. baby weight I'm going to go to the gym and they get shamed for it do they? yeah yeah so a, a lot of people are saying that they're setting a bad example oh, because they're,
0: they're saying you know you have to try and lose weight yeah after that.
1: yeah but even people that are just like oh I don't feel so great so mm. I'm going to try and do something about it and then they get shamed for it and that does my head in because mm. it's like if you don't feel great and you want to do something about it that's okay mm. too it's not saying that you hate your body or, or you hate yourself, mm. it's kind of, kind of saying that mm-hmm. you love yourself. You want to look after yourself. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that too. Mm. Totally. It does my head in. It bloody, is social media, eh?
2: it, oh. bloody social media, eh? Bloody social media. It's just so hard to draw the line and everyone's line's different.
0: You need so many pens. You don't have enough hands. I know,
1: I know right? and Everyone just kind of jumps onto a movement and takes it to the extreme. Extreme, yeah. I feel like. And it's like people's common sense kind of goes out the window 100%. sometimes. And it's like, if you don't want to do that, that's cool. You don't have to. You totally. know, that's the beauty of having your own life and being yeah. an adult. You know? <laughs> love it.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so true. People take these, extre- these trends to such extremes, which is why, with everything I'm doing, I just want it to just be normal people everywhere. Yeah. Ev- you know, mm. and then. Everyone can fit in their own little boxes.
1: Yeah, and so then, like, instead of a brand that embraces body positivity or real women, Mm. as people often say, Mm. it's just a brand. It's It's just a photo shoot. It's not this big thing that's, like, we're celebrating, Mm. you know, different shapes of women. It's just – it's just a photo shoot. Because how many times there?
2: do you see a post, and it's happened to me before, where someone's done a big, you know, this is my body, I love it kind of post, and they're just being genuine and honest, or I've done it about my leg, and people screenshot and go, oh, she's so brave. And I'm like, why is me being honest about my body? Like, why is that it's brave? It's what I look like. You know, like, this yeah. is my body. It's kind of offensive that you think that's brave. As yeah. if I, like, got some strength to, like, show who I really am. It's like, actually quite rude. It is kind yeah. of when you think about it.
0: The first time that you posted something like that, would you think you were actually being quite brave?
2: I mean it is brave and like and I'm not saying like if someone comments my foot like that's really like don't call me brave it's bleh. but like it's more just like like why has it become a thing that yeah. that has to take so much strength? Like I'm talking about my, my modelling my modeling agency in LA. It's run by a lady called Katie Wilcox, she's an incredible model. And she did a photo of her sitting on a beach just comfortably sitting on a beach, not sucking in her stomach or doing anything. Um so she looked in her just natural state and did a post not about her body, just being like and then people were like, Oh, it's so brave that you posted that And she's like, I'm sitting on a beach, just not photoshopped or sucked yeah. in or nothing, you and it's know. it's also like, well, I was there, there the whole day.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people saw me. And totally. And it, like, is that brave too? Is yeah. Just
2: because mm. I The fact it... that I stepped out in a bikini, like, and wasn't wearing a, like, <laughs> yeah. wetsuit. I don't know. It's, people are ridiculous. It is Because ridiculous. of the social
0: media environment that we live in, how you just expected to post the, perf, you know, your perfect, perf, perfect, perfect mm. side. Mm.
1: Mm. And everything mm. is edited with, like, things like Facetune. Like, you can... Mm change your entire face and your entire body just with this one app and then it's like what's that doing to us Mm. you know because like I found even myself I don't use that stuff but Mm. like a couple of times I have whited my teeth Mm. or I've done something because I've looked in my view particularly average that day I'm like (laughs) oh Maybe I want to do something to that before I post it. Mm. I've done it a couple of times, and, and each time I really regretted it because mm. I've been like, damn it, you know. Mm. I I consider myself, like, pretty normal and clued up when mm. it comes to this sort of stuff. And even I, like, I fell into, the got trap. into it. Yeah, I fell totally. into the trap. Totally. Well, if I can, then a 14- or 15-year-old girl is definitely oh. going to fall oh, into that trap, no you know. She's got totally. no hope.
2: And that's what's so scary. Yeah, like I watched that. Um, is it Social Animal on Netflix? The documentary. Oh, we um, we've
0: been told to watch it.
2: Yeah. We've heard mm-hmm. about it's that. Pretty one. I really fascinating. What that. was fascinating? So, they follow the lives of three or four or kind of influencers, Instagram people, and that was interesting in itself, but kind of nothing I hadn't heard before. But they interviewed a whole lot of young people throughout it, kind of just hearing their perspective on social mm-hmm. media and stuff. And they were saying things like, oh, if I don't get, um, they're just, they're not got a following, they're just kind of posting for their friends. But they were like, oh, if I don't get like 60 or one like a minute within the hour, so 60 likes, then I delete my photo and blah, 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 blah. And like, oh these are just God. kids posting their photos from the weekends. And I'm like, Oh my god, this is so crazy how you're yeah. yeah. doing it for
0: the wrong reasons. Yeah, totally.
2: Mm. It's just sad because
1: in, instead of just like a fun app to share your life with your friends, mm. it's just become this crazy mm. self validation tool where totally. people place their entire self worth on it. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
2: Totally. And, and I, but I think there's like, I also am the first to. I guess praise social media because it's so powerful mm. and the messages I get they're like I just was reading one in the car now it was like miles long just some young girl telling me her story and how I've helped her kind of find her confidence and that in itself is, is just the coolest thing ever and I would not have been able to reach her without I mean, she lived in somewhere in Europe like there's no way I could mm-hmm. reach her without social media so it's so so powerful and the people that I follow that have an effect on me I'm just like wow you know it's amazing yeah. but it also is also so toxic but I think something I'm trying to talk about at the moment is that it's up to you how you let social media affect you. So if you are listening and you're someone who's wanting to kind of change the effect that it's had on you and if you're starting to realise that it's toxic, you can change it, you can be on it less, you can... And it's your responsibility. Totally, like I am unfollowing like there is no tomorrow at the moment or kind of muting people and just... Because when you start to unfollow, your whole algorithm changes and that explore page changes. Because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I was seeing like Kardashian stuff pop up, I think, because I called them out quite a bit every now and again. So it's kind of all popping up. And I was like, I don't want to see their and that stuff picked, is, like, you know? is
1: like a good hour or two a day yeah. that is feeding into your mind, you know? Totally. that's That's not something and to just that's be bobbed off.
2: That's what people say to me. They're like, oh, but this has been, you know, going back to photoshopping and stuff, that, like, oh, this has been happening for years, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but for me and you, we were looking through a dolly magazine and seeing it maybe once a month or like in the billboards and stuff as well. But now kids are not seeing to that this extent. minimum two hours a day. And 8 a.m. before they go to school during their lunch break at school probably during class as well you know like it's just it's constantly mm-hmm. there it's like so. just brainwashing them slowly but
1: totally. it's also like that argument is not a thing like oh hmm. we've been doing it for years well you did slavery for years yeah you know doesn't make like, it okay it doesn't make it right <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, such a good point that's just such a cop out I hate that argument I hate it too and it's yeah. so, every time I get asked to do an interview I'm like <laughs> yeah Don't and do it's it.
1: just like it's not hard I know like what's the big deal. You mm-hmm. retouch an image. Just say model has been retouched and then everyone's totally. happy. What are you so
2: afraid of? Totally. And I kind of hope, too, so that if that gets passed or it, the people start to be open about it. Mm. They don't want to put that label there, so maybe they just use real people. You know, yeah. And I hate saying real people, but, you know. non By real, I mean non Touched up or curated. Yeah. You know, yeah. half of these, I talked about it in my TEDx talks. I found it fascinating, but I found an article on Victoria's Secret models and they're curated to the point that they do a photo shoot and then the head from one photo is put on, and then the arm from another photo is put on because it looks better on that angle. And then they wear a push up bra underneath their bikini and then the push up bra is removed in post production so that their bikini it looks like they've got really perky boobs. But oh I don't know about you, but my oh bikini no. kind of goes south a little bit when I put it on because that's the way the gravity works. Yeah. You know, like I it's don't like... have anything to go north <laughs> or south. So. <laughs> just kind of just go sideways, <laughs> but you know that's why like these people will go put on that bikini and they're like that does not look like that on me, you know, and I'm like, that's yeah. physically impossible.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy because we've spoken about this before, actually, the whole Victoria's Secret thing and mm. how they got in a lot of trouble. Well, I guess like social media kind of came came after them mm. for their fashion show because it was yeah. just so undiverse. It yeah. was just so stick- behind the times like beautiful models mm. and they just ha- haven't really read the room on what's happening in 2019. Mm. But I can kind of see both sides as well mm. because it's okay. like at one point they've always been – oh, my God, I just used my own argument. Like okay. they, they've they always been a certain way and that's mm. kind of been their vibe and then the, and the landscape has sort of changed around them mm. and they don't want to change because they don't b- believe that that's their – thing Mm. part of me is like well i kind of get that because they're the same brand that that they've always been um and they they kind of sell this like fantasy fantasy dream and Mm. that's what they say like they say well we're not selling real life we're selling a fantasy Mm. which i like part part of me kind of gets you know like Mm. part of me is like well i guess they're a brand and if that helps them I don't know, sell and also what they them, need
2: to sell. them jumping on the on the trend is exactly what we were just talking about earlier. It's just it's them jumping, jumping on, a band on the trend. I would rather they either don't do it or and are honest about what they're doing, mm. or they do it because. They want to be a part of it, you know, like Airy, yeah. who is an amazing company in America. I don't know if you know of them, but they're an underwear, leisure, loungewear company. I have heard of them, yeah. yeah and the minute they launched, that was just you can just see it's so genuine, and the models that they represent, and such a broad spectrum of diversity, and all that kind of stuff, and it is so genuine. And their sales are starting to skyrocket over Victoria's Secrets, mm-hmm. and that just shows the demand for it, which is amazing.
1: Totally.
2: And that's just what's going to happen. And and if that happens, that happens. But the worst thing that could, I think, happen is Victoria's Secret to kind of half-ass it and to fake that. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is a real model, but we've actually just got a f- another model in Photoshopped stretch marks onto her. You know, like, that's yep. what will happen if they're not yep. genuine about it, which is almost worse. And yeah. their ratings have dropped dramatically on the shows over the years. Like, I think it was, like, totally. over half this year, watched the show, which mm-hmm. is crazy.
1: And we, as consumers, have the power with our money. Mm. You know? Totally, so, like, yeah. if we're not okay with it, don't buy their don't. undies. And, 100%. like, that'll make them... Mm. <laughs> you know,
0: possibly go Put under or Put the price up of their undo. so they... Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. just yeah. To like Instagram,
2: them. just like anything, there's always going to be a certain market or area of people who want to project it in a certain way, who want to face in themselves, who want to live the typical influence life or whatever it is. It's like, Instagram, all these kind of things are the same, but and there's always going to be that we can't control the whole world. But I think the more we talk about it, then it gives younger people's people the I guess ability to make their own decisions and be like, I don't want to look so up to true. that because I've got this option, you know. And yeah. if they want to look up to Victoria's Secret, that's fine. But at least the parents and all of us have kind of done our thing to be like, let's just try to be real. You and know? at
1: least there's there's options as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not every brand that looks like Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret. There are so many brands with much more diverse women that look more like you know, your everyday woman mm. rather than a Victoria's Secret model. So mm. so it's like at least we feel represented,
2: mm. Exactly, know? exactly. And that's all it's about, whereas yeah. back in the day it was kind of mostly just Victoria's Secret models looking people everywhere. Totally. You know, but now if there's more diversity and more representation then young kids yeah. are growing up and being – and even there was this photo shoot recently and someone did a photo shoot with all these young girls and they had them both as – Model-looking type girls and athletes, you know, so showing girls that they can be whatever they want to be, which is really, really awesome. That's awesome because it's not—that's what it's about. It's not about telling girls how they need to look. It's about you know, you can't, you don't have to be a model, or you don't have to be, yeah, you can achieve anything you want. Just
0: going a bit off topic from that one, but going back to (laughs) like uh, your mindset, meditation, mindfulness, all that that sort of stuff. Do you use an app to meditate, and also with your meditation course that you did? Would you recommend doing that?
2: So I first got onto Headspace and that's where I did my start with the basics, they do the basics kind of stuff. And so that was like, I think it went one minute a day, three minute a day, 10 minute a day. And I'd highly recommend that because it did just start in... Kind of with nothing, and just I was manageable, and I could be like, Okay, I can set aside a minute, or I can set aside three minutes, so that was really easy. And then I got bored of that because it was kind of the same guy's voice, and it was actually Matilda that got me onto Insight Timer at our retreat. So good, yeah! I love, insight timer. I love Insight Timer because it's a variety of stuff, a variety of voices. And Camilla, actually, who's who I was talking about earlier, she's got a whole lot on there as well, which I really love because I love going, Oh, does meditation. she have on oh, cool. yeah. cool. yeah.
1: yeah. oh, there? Yeah, okay. they've
2: got like hundreds of thousands of listens. I'm like, Woo! I, was, Ooh, I and accidentally listen. I started listening one day, and I just clicked it, it was like a bedtime one and I was like I know this voice it was really <laughs> weird Canada. um so yeah that's that's I love insight timer and then in LA actually it was because I can still only do like I'm sure if I sat and I'm forced myself to, I would, but normally I only do like 10, 15 minute ones because I get fidgety. But in LA, I told myself that every day while I was, I think I was there for just over a week. And I was like, I'm going to go to a meditation class every day. And they're 45 minutes over there. And I loved that because it's like going to a gym class. Like you could do the workout at home, but you're probably going to do it for 20 minutes. But if you go to a workout class, you're going to do it for 45. You know, it's the same kind of thing. And I liked that because it taught me that I was like, okay, I can do this. Even YouTube, you can go on YouTube and have, there's like, you can just type in beginner's meditation courses or there is places you can go to to get, Fully trained in meditation, which I haven't done. It's something I'd love to do. Yeah, I definitely start start low and then go into Insight Timer because there's so many. But I imagine if you've never meditated before, I would imagine Insight Timer being quite intimidating because you kind of. I was going to say so
1: it's, it's kind of like the second step. Eh? Yeah, I like, agree. You want to start with a little guided course and then go into Insight Timer once yeah. you kind of know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it totally. can be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. eh? there's so many different types and so many different teachers and a lot of you theory
2: really kind of dippy dippy stuff that you're like, the kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Have
2: you done Yoga Nidra? Oh, no, I haven't, but I really want to. Go do yoga nidra. It is the best thing ever. So Hannah Carrera, who teaches in Auckland, um, she's a friend of mine, and she sent me a yoga nidra a while ago, and I was like, I can't really do yoga, and I was injured at the time. She's like, no, 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 it's not yoga, it's meditation. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. And it was a 30-minute meditation. I was like, this is not going to go well for me. And it basically, it's a form of meditation. I'm probably going to explain it wrong, but it gets into your subconscious mind. So almost like a hypnotherapy, so you lay down, and they say it's really amazing to do kind of at that 3 p.m., coffee time when you need an energy boost so I talked to a yoga teacher that I was with a while ago and I was like should I do it before bed and apparently it's best before bed if you're actually like an insomniac or something like that but other than that it's actually yeah it's actually best to do during the day as like a because I'm someone if I nap I'm done for the day I'm groggy and I was like 30 minutes if I fall asleep I'm gonna feel horrible but I woke up feeling like I had a coffee like it's really energizing and if you do fall asleep apparently that's because you need to but when you get really good at yoga and you're not good at it but experience with it, mm. you don't actually fall asleep because your body doesn't need to switch off for it to go in that subconscious state. Wow. Which is fascinating. But if you do fall asleep, that's still going through to your mind. Oh, well, definitely. I highly recommend. Cool. There's heaps on Insight Timer, otherwise, YouTube. There's a whole lot. And yeah. I know they're teaching. There's a new meditation space that's opened in Auckland. Oh, really? Yeah. It's called Breathe, Breath, Breathe. Um, it's in Parnell. I'm not working for them. I <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> <But> I sometimes sound <laughs> like an ad, We are open promo these promo hours. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the reason I said it was because Hannah, who I was just talking about earlier, is teaching a sleep class there, and I think it's her, her nodra, her nidra, her <laughs>
0: <It's> nidra.
2: <her> Land <laughs> um, of nodra. Her nodra. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that would also be a cool place to try it. But yeah, so I'm going to totally. head on to one of them. Oh, that sounds good. We'll, yeah, we'll it sounds really it cool. they look like they've got great cushions. Oh, oh. they've got to have good cushions. <laughs> right? That's key. If you're yeah. gonna be sitting
1: on them right for thirty minutes, you do know. Do you know I have loved about meditation
2: glass in LA was I was like, you know, you go to the gym and you're like, I've got to pick a bag, I'm gonna forget my undies, I'm gonna forget a bra or something. Yeah. I've got lot to like forget my toothbrush. Forget, your legs. forget my like I've done uh, that before. That's really no actually the funny story, do you, I'm gonna I'm gonna do? get sidetracked. There's two stories. One story I got to the training and so when I had my blade the other story wasn't important pass. Um when I got when I was running with my blade. You don't wear a shoe on your blade. You just wear a shoe on the leg that I have, and then I wear my blade. And so I was, like, throwing in my trainings. I'd always just bring the one shoe. And then I got to training once and realized I'd packed my blade in my right shoe. So I had no left shoe. So that was great. <laughs> and then there's been a few times, once throughout Dancing with the Stars and once when I was running training, that I, I leave my blade on the locker and then I'd go do squats or something in my normal leg. And then mm. I leave and realize that my blade is... Nicely packed away in the gym. <laughs> yeah, so what, what do you man. do? I what do you left behind some legs?
0: <laughs> what do you do? Are there some shoes that you you can only use one of?
2: With the blade, yeah.
0: Like yeah, like are there? Like I don't know. So you... I
2: have one sweaty shoe. So my dancing yeah. shoes, very sweaty one shoe brand. So I couldn't sell them. Yeah. So what do you do with it? I wanted to sell them because they were like two hundred dollars shoes, and I only wore them for three months. But one surely was, there's someone else that has got a, be a other market legs. for this. I know there isn't ever. A lot of people ask me this, mm. and then same with trainers. But also. I interchange legs so much that having just one shoe would be annoying because if I want to wear them with my normal leg. Mm. Then, oh, true. Yeah. yeah, You kind of ha- have to have the option. You kind of need the option, yeah, because mm. even with my running shoes, I do normal training or boxing or something, and then when I'm wearing my other yeah. leg, that's mm. not the blade. Before we wrap
1: up, we have one final really important question that we ask all our guests. Okay. If you could have three foods
2: only um, for the rest of your this life, is
1: important. what would they be?
2: Do you know what's really annoying is I've listened to your podcast before and I should have known this was coming and pre-planned, but I forgot.
1: Every um, it catches everyone off guard, oh, even if they know it's coming.
2: But I go. Oh.
1: Um, three foods.
2: What would I go for? Halloumi. Oh, great one. Mm. We haven't had yeah. Halloumi yet, I don't think. Probably avocado, which is hilarious I used to hate it. And then I feel like you need like a good staple in there. Like a protein or something. Or a carb. Yeah. Oh, sweet potato, because then mm. I could make oh, I could make sweet potato fries with guacamole, and then a, and a side, thing. and I could live on that if I was on a desert island. Yeah, that'd be pretty good, okay.
1: and you'd also probably live quite well because you you'd would. be you know full of nutrients. You've got your fats, I feel like you got your carbs. That's a healthy yeah, a needs
0: protein. You've protein in the
1: halloumi. Oh yeah, and
0: okay, the, the um. And the avocado? Coming through. No, that, I mean that's that's a good one. Yes. I like that. That that's really probably good. the closest one answer to what I would. Okay, have, you know, cool. I like that.
2: Yeah. Alright, well yeah. next time I'm around for dinner we're having Hello Me and <laughs> oh, yes. Sweet potato and avocado. We oh. certainly are. I mean, should we
1: have that tonight? Why not? I'm inspired. After
0: your yoga nidra. <laughs> hey, so Jess, if we uh, wanna uh, people want to get hold of you, they wanna follow you, they wanna sign your petition. Mm. Um, oh, how yeah. do we do all this? We'll
1: um we'll we'll put the petition um in okay. our show notes thanks, as well. So we yeah,
0: I don't it. we actually don't have show notes.
1: Oh. Let's get yeah. I I
0: I <laughs> my, Oh thanks, guys. <laughs> So, well, at least we didn't last, last season. Oh, so well, let's
1: get some. Who who
0: Maybe we can afford show notes this time. We'll find some show notes. Okay, so they're either going to be in the show notes, <laughs> so go find them, or otherwise, how it is.
2: So the best way to get in touch is Instagram, so that's Jessica Emily Quinn as my Instagram handle. That's where everything is, and I usually, I don't think I have my petition in my bio at the moment it was there. I think you can Google Jessica Quinn petition, and okay. I think it comes up.
1: Easy. So that's probably cool.
2: easier than downloading Instagram yeah I
1: mean you won't even know about this podcast to be honest if you don't have True. Instagram yeah.
0: Yeah. and if you don't have Instagram then you probably won't are relate are you alive you, you won't relate to like you probably, 80% you probably of love your body though <laughs> yeah you'll yeah. so have a
2: very so the center healthy center the mind <laughs> alright oh, we're out of here thanks for having bye. me bye guys. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening. Thank you indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Raw Collective. And for any updates on our podcast or any of the other podcasts under Raw, head to rawcollective.co or you can follow them on Instagram at raw
0: But wait, before you go, please subscribe to our podcast and also rate it and review it. Leave a nice little message. Leave a smiley face, maybe an emoji.
1: (laughs) Or tell your friends. It's super easy. It takes two seconds and it would mean so much to us. Bye. Bye.